0: Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen.
1: Come on, somebody. Do you love your church? I don't know if I fully believe you. Do you love your church? How about this? Do you love the church of Jesus Christ? How many people just love his church? So we are jumping in. We have been in a series, uh, it's called I Love My Church. You guys started it last week. Um, I was gone, but Pastor and I, we've talked about it and we just really feel like God is calling for people to really understand his church again. Um, church is just not about coming and going. Church is about being, right? How many know that we are the church? I don't know if that I'm convinced of that. How many know that we are the church? We are the church, we, this is brick and mortar. When we leave, the lights go off, but when we leave, our lights stay on. Come on, somebody. We are to be the people who carry the light of Christ. So it's just about loving our church. So this month, we're talking about loving his church. And you heard it last week, Pastor, the word for this year is reclaiming. How about, is that, is that good? Reclaiming everything that was lost, everything that was taken, everything that potentially was stolen online. I believe that God is getting ready to allow us to reclaim some things that belong to us. Is that a good, is that good news to you? How many like the lost and found? Come on, somebody, when you leave something, you've been in the airport, this past time I was in the airport and I had my AirPods, I use the operative word had, I got to the gate and I start checking my pockets. You know, the whole thing, we only have two pockets, but we check and see if we have more than two pockets. We only know we got two pockets. So we're like, wait, I, maybe I pocket in my sleeve, maybe something in my watch. Maybe I could have put it somewhere else, but guess where I left them? I had, I left them in the, in, in the security checkpoint, but guess what they were? In the lost and found. I was able to reclaim something that belonged to me. Listen, even if it was stolen, it still belonged to you. And I believe this is a season that God is getting ready to give back to his church. Everything that was taken and everything that was stolen. I'm excited about it. I don't know about you, but I believe that Jesus himself is imposing himself into our church. I believe he is squeezing himself into the very fiber of all nations church. I haven't been here in that very long. I've been here October the 1st, but I believe and I sense that God is doing something phenomenal in this place. I don't know about you, I don't know about the people online, but it's increasing every week. We have more people online and I believe we have ifs and flows in the building. But at the end of the day, God is going to get done what he's going to get done. And here's the, here's the news flash. It's going to either be with you. Y'all quiet this morning. It's going to either be with you or without you. Let me say it again. What God's agenda is, is going to be either with you or without you. If I had it my way, it'll be with me. You know, the old folk used to say, whatever you're doing in this season, Lord, don't do it without me. I hate to be the person in the back of the concert and can't see anything that's going on. I want to be the guy in the marsh pit. I want to be the guy in the front row saying, God, I see what you're doing. I want to be a part of it. I want to rock with you. I want you to rock with me. What, is that, what does that mean in a, in, a, in a different vernacular? I want you to use me. <laughs> I want you to use me until you can use me up. And then when you get done, fill me up and use me up again. This sermon is really, I believe, is going to be a game changer. Right, I preached a lot of sermons in my life, in my short 40 years. But I believe this one for me is a game changer. Somebody say game changer. If you're watching online, you just type that in the comments, game changer. Do me a favor, share this to your sphere of influence. Make sure you follow All Nations Church online, Facebook. Make sure you follow YouTube, make sure you follow because a lot of good content, a lot of good sermons is pouring out. If you don't follow the church on Facebook, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, repent. Third of all, go ahead and follow. So you can be in right standing with the Lord. Come on, somebody. I believe this sermon is going to be a game changer. Because I believe what God wants to do, he, just not, he does not want to just do it with you. He, just not, he doesn't want to just do it with my daughter. He doesn't want to just do it with your kids. He wanted to do it with your parents. And he wanted to do it with your parents' parents. But sometimes things get caught in between generations. And God is just not after one generation. Can I tell you, he's after the whole thing. He's after the grandchildren that I know I don't even have and I pray that I don't get until the right time. Come on, somebody. You should say amen for yours too. But I'm asking you, are you just concerned about your house or your bloodline? Yeah. Are you just concerned about your little people under your roof and the people you have connection with or the people that will come through your seed and your lineage that you have not yet met? See, we're talking kingdom, we're not talking finite, we're not talking immediate, we're talking about eternities past, prior, and I'm here to tell you that the Holy Spirit wants to rectify the wrongs of your forefathers. See, y'all not talking to me, I told you, this is gonna be one for the books, but I need you to understand what God is trying to do. Here's the thing, when God saved you, He saves you, but you still have the blood of your grandfather. Today, I'm just not talking about what's happening now, I'm talking about breaking generational curses as well. See y'all, I'm excited. Maybe y'all deal with things, maybe you don't, but let me preach from my own passion and my own history. I know I had some generational curses to break, but if it was not for the fervor and the anointing and the power and the prayer of my mother, guess what? I would have ended up being a drunk. I would have ended up being murdered just like my other uncles in my family. Nobody's died natural causes. People were alcoholics everywhere. People have been in and out of prison. Things have gone awry, but the blood. Listen, listen, the generational curse was working until it met me. Come on, somebody. The generational curse, it was okay until it met you. Can I tell you? When will it stop? The moment that it meets you. But you got something to do. Y'all making me preach too early online. They making me sweat. And preach too early, but God is getting ready to do something phenomenal in our lives. And I want to tell you, the title of this message is called A Blessing. Everybody say, A Blessing. If you're online, say, A Blessing. This right here is my blessing. Y'all don't know about that. It's just, it's just about having a blessing that can go past what you currently have now. You think you're just working to keep the lights on? No, you're working to provide something for your children's children. You think you're just sowing to reap something for your house now? No, you're sowing You're offering to reap for generations to come. You think you're just giving tithes to help you get rich quick? No, you're building and you're giving tithes to build a barn so your kids can sow out of it. So your kids' kids can sow out of it. So businesses can come out of it. Because it's just not about this building, it's about the people. Today is a season that I want to... see. Here's the thing, church. God does just not want us to come from Sunday to Sunday. One Sunday we are on fire. Monday the fire's gone. Maybe I'm not, talking. it's not, definitely not this church. I'm just talking about people in general. We come last Sunday. The fire of God is here. Monday, four people in prayer. Thank you, Jesus. God is looking for you to look in the eyes of your daughter. He's looking for you to look in the eyes of your son. He's looking for you to look in the eyes of your grandchildren and saying, I have to do better so they can have better. And it's not about money. You think it's just about money? It's about saying, I don't feel like coming on Monday, but I know my grandkids are gonna need this sometime down the line. Man, you don't have to clap for me. I know I'm telling you Bible. I don't feel like fasting, but I know at some point, my daughter, my son, my son's son is gonna be dealing with some kind of tendencies. It's gonna deal with addiction. But because of all the prayers that I've stored up, come on somebody, he will not have to deal with what... Generations, God is looking to break curses with just one blessing. All the things that have happened in our lives, all the things that have transpired in our lives, God is looking to be a breakthrough, barrier-breaking God. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. This is what I want to challenge you. Psalms, chapter 71, verse 17 and 18. This moment, David was getting old. David was getting better. Let me rephrase that You don't get old we get better. Come on somebody David was getting better But he realized something very significant in his life That all the things that he had gone through It would be nothing if he had nobody to tell all the things that he had gone through would be nothing if he didn't have a generation to pour into. Can I tell you something? God is into generations. If you take a look around this church, there's generations represented in this room. Multi-ethnic, multi-generational. So many things are represented in this room, but I believe that this text will give us a picture of what God is wanting to do. Psalms chapter 71, verse 17 through 18. This is what it says, from my childhood. You've been my teacher and I'm still telling every one of your miracle wonders. Verse 18, God, now that I am better and great, Don't walk away, here it is. Give me grace to demonstrate, everybody say demonstrate. No, everybody say demonstrate. To the next generation, all your mighty miracles and your excitement. To show them the magnificent power. Listen to me. You have to understand that David's prayer right now was like, Lord, I've experienced you in my, in my youth. I've experienced you in my older age, but what is the kingdom if I'm not able to give it to somebody else? I tell you something, mothers and fathers in the faith, God is saying, what are you doing with what you know? Here it is. What are you doing with what you know? With the knowledge that you have and the faithfulness that I've been to you, have you told a generation that God is Good. Or are you coming on Sundays to check a box? Yeah. Are you coming on Sundays because we're doing God a favor? No. I know it's easy to think so to say, well, I'm here. That should be enough. I've given my time. I've given my 10%. I've given an offering. What else do you want me to do? Have you even volunteered to connect with one of our young people? Are you busy? My bit would always be, how do we really love the church when we don't really serve His church? How do we really love His church when we're so preoccupied
2: with us being
1: better? Self-help. I want to be better. I want to live an amazing life. Four ways to live a phenomenal life. Four ways to be disciplined. Let's see how those books help you from the 10th through the 31st. Because you cannot read that book. You need the power of the Holy Ghost to help you fast. And this is the thing. I believe, and I'm really declaring this over our life, that during this fast, God begins to break old mindsets. If you're going to be here and you used to be here years ago, I declare he's breaking that old thinking off of you. My pastor used to say, you have to change your thinking thinking right this fast is not to say I did it I made it this fast is to say God whatever is on me that shouldn't be on me I need you to get it off of me whatever is working in me that should not be in me I need you to get it out of me because i want to be free to run i want to be free to dance i want to be free to lift my hands i want to be free to walk into a blessing i want to be free to honor you i want to be free to walk into a new season here's the thing sometimes we walk into new seasons and our new seasons look like our old season because we're the same people let me say it again sometimes we go into new seasons and our new seasons start looking like our old seasons why because we're the same people and then we start blaming god god i thought this was my my banner
2: year.
1: i thought this was my season of plenty i thought this was my season of more than enough he said this was until you came in it it's so funny how we want to blame god for stuff that don't work because we're doing stuff that he's not telling us to you need to reclaim your mindset <laughs> let this mind being you who is also in Christ Jesus, I need you to throw the way you think away and be renewed by the mind of Christ. This is a blessing that we're referring to And David said, listen, I've seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of living. But I want to show the young people that it's miracles that God is working. It's miracles that God is performing. Let me ask you a question. When was the last time you saw a blinded eye open? Was the la- In the last week? Raise your hand. If you're online, just slip your hand up in the last week. Maybe, how about in the last three weeks, you've seen somebody that could not see, and they see now? Okay, that's one. A deaf person in the grocery store, when was the last time you saw them, been able to hear? But does this mean just because we didn't see it that he's not doing? It? Oh, y'all quiet on me. Listen, if God's not dead, you're not done. And if it's not happening, it's not because he's not doing it. It's because you don't want to. You think it's just about finances? Your obedience is connected to a blessing in your generation. My daughter will have the wildest framework of a person living in faith. Because at a moment's notice, I've dropped everything to do everything for him. People say, your daddy is crazy. Why does he do that? She like, I don't know it's god child it's god but i have history with him so when she begins to go out and begins to do things that god has told her to do she won't be afraid because she's seen the miracle working of god in my life it's bigger than just everything else but it's about how have we shown our children the faithfulness of god How have we showed our grandchildren what it's like to go through a storm and still honor Jesus? And you come out like pure gold now. When they enter their storm, they're able to see, well, my grandmother did it, or my mom did it, or my aunts did it. And God, if you did it for them, my God, I know you can do it for me. We're talking generational blessings. We're talking about reclaiming what belongs to our families. And our friends, David says, God, don't you take me out of here without me showing a generation what it's like for you to be faithful to me and for me to be faithful to you. Is that anybody's prayer? God, don't take me out of here until I'm able to show not just my house, but the world what it's like to be faithful to you and in return you're faithful to me. Is that somebody's prayer? Just say, that is my prayer. I want to share this with you because there are some generational challenges here. There's this story that I found. I was God. I was like, God, how can I show the disconnect and how the enemy is trying to divide the generations? Because if you look in the church, that's as far as apart we're sitting. That is what the enemy is doing to our generations. Look at look around you. This is how separate we are as a people, as a people group, as a race of people. Blacks, whites, brown, Asian. The enemy is weaving through, and here's where it's starting in the seats of the churches of America. And he's dividing the young and the old. <laughs> the millennial and the elder. He's dividing the mother and the father. The devil is after generations. You notice the story. When uh, Jesus had to cast the, the spirit out of the, out of the heretic. And the devil said, listen, please, 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 whatever you do, don't cast me out of the region." Don't, don't, don't take me out of where I am. He said, put me in the pigs or something. Now, I've often asked myself, what was so important that he did not just want to leave the area? He would prefer to be in a pig. Can I tell you that the enemy is not after you? He's using you as a tool to get to everybody else. It's no different from a hitchhiker. Whoever would pick him up, he just needs a ride to get to wherever he needs to go. Can I ask you a question? How many people have picked him up? And you noticed that something came in your house. How did he get in here? Why are my children? What's going on? Because at some point, you've given him permission to hop on your ride. Whether because you were offended. Come on. I like that. Let me stay right there. You were offended. You were offended in the church. Let me use a phrase that I really loathe and that phrase is called church hurt. When you go to shop and save or not that's where I used to live. When you go to Publix do you be like I've been Publix hurt. They hurt me at Publix I'm never going back again. I'll never shop at Publix again. I can't believe the way that cashier said to me. You know what you're going to do? You're going to say you know what? I don't care. I'm just not going to go to that cashier no more. Matter of fact i'm not gonna go to that public tomorrow i'm gonna go to the public over there but why when we get church hurt we just leave god all together and to those that stay i got a hammer today i'm sorry but to those that stay you murmur church it hurt my feelings b- church. i don't want to serve but i just want to keep going and spread gossip b- 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 from Church. I can't believe they did that to me. Did you know that this person did this to me 25 years ago? (laughs) That person like, I wasn't even here 25 years ago. And the person that hurt you not even here no more. I am saying that God wants to reclaim the church, the name of the church. And the only way he can reclaim that is he reclaims you. Why? Because we are representation of who? The church. Here's a story. There's a guy named Craig. Craig interviewed Satan. Hmm, that should be interesting, right? Craig said, I'm about to interview Satan. He said, Hey Satan, how are you? Are you on Twitter? Satan said, Absolutely, the demon signed me up. I have no idea what it is, but my tweets are already trending. Craig said, So lots of followers? Satan said, Yo, it's crazy. More every day. Although you you haven't even started following me yet. Craig said, No. Perspective is always helpful. Satan said, Sure. Craig said, What have you been doing lately to hurt the church? Satan said, we're causing problems between the ages. The age groups. Craig said, hmm. Satan said, and it's working really well. Yeah. He said, what kind of problems? Satan said, well, you know, it's easy to split up a church, the church between a kind of, of older you know they're wearing all these hawaiian shirts and they're wearing these baggy mom jeans and the woven leather belts no shade to anybody that's doing that do your thing which i love satan says i love craig said how do you keep them apart satan said well you know sometimes i throw in technology You know, technology is a great tool for older people because they're like, we don't take all that, we can't do that, we don't want to do it. We don't want to pay online, we don't know how to go through the, we don't know how to go through the prompter and do the giving. Where are the envelopes? Why is it there? I added that to the story, sorry. (laughs) He's like, what is happening? He says, well, I lost my place. This is how we keep them apart. Okay, the technology, he said technology is a great tool. You know I'm using Twitter too. He said, you're doing your thing. Craig says, don't use Twitter. Satan says, using languages that they don't understand, like LOLs, rolling on the floor laughing. You know what I'm saying? Craig says, so, Satan, you try to hurt the church by dividing the generations. How do you isolate the younger from the older? Satan says, well, let's start with the older. Satan says, now, wait, you're flirting with that a little bit right now, aren't you? Craig said, shut up, Satan. Satan said, well, this is unprofessional. (laughs) Older generation, you know, it's pretty easy, honestly, Craig. That's about the easiest one. He said, take a guy that feels like maybe he could be making a difference. Maybe he has something to contribute and it's like, yeah, but look at that kid. You don't have the cool little beard or the goatee or the black lining. You don't have the tattoos. He said, I got it. I mean, you're not staying hip or staying current. So we can't make him feel like, you know, like maybe he's more impotent than he already is. Craig says, don't use that word, impotent. Satan said, huh? (laughs) Craig said, that's not cool. Some of that is working. What else do you do to the older generation? Satan said, oh man. He says, I make them resistant to change. Listen to this. This is an inside edition. This is E! News right now. He said, you know what? Matter of fact, Matter of fact, this is worth, this is better, This TMZ right now I'm giving. He says, resistance to change. He said, you know, the way you've done it is always the way we're going to do it. Welcome to Tallahassee. <laughs> this is the new wave at the churches. They're all seeker friendly and they're going and they're going to hell. And all of a sudden they start to believe it. And I mean, it's, it's literally easy to picking things out right now. Craig, Craig says, what about the younger ones? How do you isolate them? Satan said, well, it's so easy for the younger ones because, I mean, they're in their 15s, their 20s. Who doesn't think they have all the answers, Craig? Everybody does, Craig. Craig says, you know, when I was in the 20s, I thought I was smarter than all the other people. Satan said, yeah, I remember that. Craig said, was that you? Satan said, absolutely. Craig said, you were the one? Satan said, yeah, I told you a lot of things and to, say, to stay on the tennis court too. Craig said, yeah, I hated those days. Satan said, hmm, those were the good old days. Craig said, so what else do you do to the younger ones? Satan said, you know, I play up the cockiness. I make them think that they don't need older people. I make them think that every time somebody older says something to them, it's always they're being mean and it's not trying to be helpful. He said, I even threw in some skinny jeans. (laughs) That's why I'm hiding behind this part. I threw in some skinny jeans with holes in them. Just because I think they're funny. Craig says, so Satan, you mean to tell me you threw in skinny jeans, v-neck tank tops to offend the older generation? He says, absolutely. He said, is it working? He said, absolutely. (laughs) The moral of the story is this. There is an intentional plot to separate the generation there's an intentional plot to make you offended and to make you right and to say somebody else is wrong but God is after reconciliation of his church you want the fire of God getting unity you want the glory of God to fall in this house not just every other week or every or every 10 months you want to get into a flow in the river of God walk under unity I've seen moves of the spirit in churches of 20 and I've seen and I've been in stadiums in the FIFA stadiums around the world preaching to 60,000 and some of the 60,000 places don't carry the same unity as the 20 people. I'm asking you can we be a house that the Lord can say I live there. Yeah, that's my, I, that's my crib online. I live there. I can't wait till, till the lights come on because the moment the lights come on, the power of God starts flowing. The moment the sick come in, they start getting healed. The moment the lame come in, they start being able to walk. The moment the people that can't see, the moment they walk through the doors, the glory of God is touching the muscles in the back of their eye and, the, and creative miracles are happening and marriages are being restored. Relationships are coming back together. The people that were far away are now coming closer. I'm asking you, do you want this to be a house that we regrouped? claim for his glory. This is the question that's burning in the hearts of people around the world. Will God ever restore his church? And I say yes, he will after he restores his people. Let me say that. After he restores his people. You know, I spoke about this just a few minutes ago. I was in Panama and I was, this is the first time I've ever spoken in a stadium before. It was about 65,000 people. It was in a FIFA soccer stadium. And I was very nervous, like very nervous. It was like, it was very weird. And everybody just felt like 65 just looking right at you. It's my first time. And it was very clear that, you know, people were coming for so many different reasons. But it was this one point in the gathering where everybody in the room started to repent. And they started to repent of how they handled generations before them. They started to repent, not only because it's so easy to say, well, I've been offended. I need some recompense from the person that offended me instead of repenting from the people that you offended. And people start to cry out to God, and we just begin to say, God, send the rain, send your rain, God. And we weren't thinking, like, give us real rain. And as 65,000 people started crying out for the move and the, and the rain of God, and, and then they started playing, let it rain, let it rain. They just start singing, open the floodgates of heaven. It was just singing, singing, let it, and all of a sudden, that's what happened. It started to rain. It was an outward manifestation. Of what God was doing in the hearts of 65,000 people. What if one Sunday. You came in. And you really begin to get manifested outwardly what you've been praying for. Inwardly? Let me ask the room. How many people have been praying for the move of the spirit in this house? Regine. Yeah, it's okay if you haven't. How many people have just not been praying of now? You've been, you've been on the wall praying for this thing for however long you've been here. You've been interceding for it. You've been believing for it. You've been asking God for it. But can I tell you something? What if I told you that what you've been praying for is already here? Come on, man. Talk to me. What if I told you that what you've been believing God for is in the room with you right now? No, wait a minute. Wait, <clears throat> I understand that we believe that faith is seeing it before we believe in it. No, that's not really what it is. What if I told you that in the time where you were home interceding on that five o'clock prayer line, Amy? Praying with your group, praying in your home groups, having conversations at dinner, saying, I believe that God is doing something here in all nations. Have you ever had that conversation with people? I know God is doing something here in all nations. I can feel it. I can feel it. We're almost there. It's a tipping point. God is getting ready to do something. Oh, I believe it. Let me tell you something. He's already doing it. Let me set the room right now. He's already doing what you prayed for. He's already doing what you have been believing God for. You want results? It's no different than me being, I'm a barber, right? I cut hair, I've been cutting hair for a long time. I don't cut hair anymore. But it's like me saying, you know what? I really wish I could cut cut a head cut cut hair today. I'm really believing that God is going to send somebody and put them in my chair. But the person was already in my chair. And I'm like, man, I wish I wish I had a hair a head to cut today. Oh, this sucks. I don't know if I could say that. was well, too late. Well, this. <laughs> I wish somebody would come in and just sit in my chair. Doesn't that sound crazy? Somebody's literally in my chair with the cape on and I'm asking for God to send somebody for me to cut their hair. That is no different than say God, I want to move the spirit. You want to move in the spirit? Move with the spirit. The spirit when you come in here, he's already moving. He's already moving. He's going up and down your row. He knew where you were going to sit before you sat in that seat. He knew that you were going to sit in your favor, right seat. He knew the side of the room that you were going to sit in because that's the side of the room you always sit in because you're just creatures of habit. He knew that you were going to worship the way you were going to worship all the time you are going to worship. He knew that you were going to be worshipped like every time you were. He, he, he already knows what you're going to do. But the problem with us, I understand, is that we're uncomfortable because we don't know what He's going to do. Let me say that again. We're always trying to figure out, God, give us a move of the spirit, but do it like this. Wait, don't move on me like that. That's too much, that's too much. And we're online, that's too much. I don't, I wanna, I don't wanna do that. God, I want, you, I want them to sing my favorite worship song, but when it happens, I, I only wanna kinda be where I am. I don't know, I don't know. maybe you are not. probably wanna be honest with me, but I know sometimes you feel the spirit. I know you feel the spirit because the spirit is just not falling on one person in a big room. It's just that one or two people are only feeling what's already fallen. And he's tapping. He's always in the room tapping on your shoulder. He's saying, come here. I got something for you. And you're like, nah. No, not not today. No, don't touch me. Not today. And so he says, okay, I won't bother you. He's going to this person. Hey, I got something for, for you. And you're like, me? You're like, yeah. Okay, can I just, don't give me the whole thing, I just want a little bit. And then you do like this. <laughs> Online, you know this, you, your you're home, you just, oh, I feel Jesus, oh, I feel Jesus, let it rain. Open oh, the floodgates of heaven. You're like, yeah, yeah. But he's like, that's cool, that's your portion. That's great. And he goes to somebody else, no, he's gonna go to Zach. Because he know if he touch brother Zach, he gonna say, Zach, He's going to be like, oh, I know that touch. Thank you, Lord! (laughs) Jesus! But here's the thing. A lot of times when you hear that, you say, oh, that's Zach. Oh, look at Brother Zach. He's getting touched again. But it's one baptism. Come on, you know I'm going. And it's merely feelings. Instead of saying, oh, that's Brother Zach. You need to say, whoa, that's Brother Zach. And I know if Zach is in the river, and I know if Brother Zach is feeling something, that must mean the man is in the room. So I'm asking you, don't just look at one person and say, oh, that's sister again. That's the lady laying on the floor again. That's the lady on it. That's Sister Dr. D praying. Tallahassee for you, Jesus. Say that's Doctor D. What is she doing? Don't just say that's Doctor D. She's praising him how she's praising him. I'm praising how I'm praising. You praising how you praise it. You. Pr- what if we just focused on Jesus and didn't give a fat rat how nobody was praising, but we just started honoring God? <laughs> it's so easy to get caught up in church like it's a basketball game. Woo! Woo! Yes, Jesus did it again. Yes. It's like give God praise. Woohoo! That's literally how it happens. Give Jesus praise in this room. Oh! Isn't God good? Yes! Woo! Wave. It's like, woo! Isn't that how it is? I watch you all the time. I'm, I'm telling you, I look at you all the time. And I'm like, come on, church, give God a round of applause. And you're like, yeah. (laughs) Isn't God been good to all nations church? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) LOL. (laughs) What?
1: What if one Sunday that my job was not to pump you, but my only job would be to calm you down. What, wait a minute, listen to me. What would happen, church? Church, what would happen if we all came in a room on 100? Like I'm lit, like I'm going to turn this church up today. Like when I feel the Holy Spirit touch me on my shoulder, I'm like, man, I've been waiting on you. And you're like, oh, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I honor you. Jesus, I give you glory. I'm like, Shh, be quiet. You're like, no, 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 no. The louder, the closer he comes to me. Oh, y'all ain't hearing this. The louder I get. Some of your peace needs to be disturbed. Yeah. I didn't come to church for all of that mm Nope. <clears throat> nope. What if what if your praise dictated how good he's been to you? I would question if you even knew him. Yeah. Now get it. Your praise doesn't have to look like mine. Because I'm 6'7. I'm black. I got rhythm. I can say that, you online, y'all here, we family. So I might move in ways you might not move, but you might be like, whatever, you know, whatever that looks like for you, that is God touching you. But the problem is, we get so concerned because you don't know what to do with your body when He comes on you. Who cares what you look? If you walk around like Jesus, 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 whatever you gotta do, that's giving you glory, Him glory. But when you resist the God that is giving you life, that's bringing you glory, and you're walking in a false pride and a false humility, and you becoming an idol to your own. The Bible says He opposes the pride, proud. That's why when I come in here, and the song is singing, whatever. I will vow to God that no matter what, I'm going to lose my proverbial mind every single time. Why? Because He's been good to me. You think you have that one moment. Listen, when your team is rallying, they have more oomph than we do on a Sunday morning. I'm not saying there are churches in America that are loud and loud, but there's no conversions. That's not what I'm going after. God is looking for a room of hungry people because he got a lot of food that he want to give. He says if you're hungry and you're thirsty after righteousness, what is he going to do? You, are you hungry, church? See? Yep. I'm planning to go to Child Time, the new place, buffet, after I leave here. You're not because you're supposed to be fasting. What is he going to have to do to you? Listen. Make sure you understand what I'm saying. What is he going to have to do to you to get you to just completely come undone for him? Here's the the mentality. We think he has to do something for us. No. What do I have to do to you to get you to know that I am God? In the good, the bad, the indifferent, the sick, the impoverished, I am God. God, one Sunday, i prophesy this to you and I sure as I'm standing here, I've seen it in my sleep and I've seen it in an open vision that the Holy Spirit is gonna be here and those of you that have never moved before, you're gonna move in ways you've never imagined. Watch what I tell you, I've seen it. And I'm I'm not a man, I'm not a prophet that I tell a lie and I don't go around prophesying all the time, but I'm telling, I've had an open vision of this. The Holy Spirit is gonna touch this building and it's going to be like fire all over this place. Listen, I wonder if you, I hope I wasn't in that vision. <laughs> you were. And God never shows anything to the man of God that he does not intend on doing. So can I tell you, get ready. Tom said, like, get ready. You hear me? It's time to get ready. Because when he comes, listen, it is not going to be one of those fires that hit and goes out. Have you ever seen one of them fires that somebody put on fire like, Woo! 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 See, I don't care what I do, I don't care how I look for, I'm trying to show you a picture.
2: Oh, I'm on fire! I'm on fire!
1: Woo! That's what he's going to do. You might not be like, whoa, Woo! But you're going to do something. And you know, you, this is the beautiful thing about fire. Big fires aren't what spread things. It's the little embers that come off the fire. It's the little... You ever seen those movies when like a piece of coal or amber just t- jumped on somebody? And they end up going in their house and they took their clothes off and it was in their laundry. And when the laundry was in the, uh, the, the dryer and they took it out of their dryer and they start going everywhere. It is the little embers from a big fire that spread all over this city. I'm saying something not to get you excited. Because prayerfully, some of you would have been offended at me today, which would mean I've done my job. But I'm asking you: Are you ready to reclaim a generation? And you ready to reclaim the represent- be the representation of the church that God is calling us to be? How long, O oh sleeper? How long, oh sluggard? Will you lay at home and watch online? But it's no shade to you online. If you can't be here, if you can't be here, operative word. Stay where you are. If you're afraid to be here, that's a different story. God is not giving you the spirit of fear with a power love and the same mind. But it's no different than being in here and not responding. You might as well be at home. God is after our hearts. Because if He can get your heart, He can get your money. If He can get your heart, He can get your relationships. If He can get your heart, He can get your service. If He can get your heart, He can get your life. And this is what I believe that God, in my closing, what really, He really wants to do for us. We're Talking about generations, we're talking about Psalms, and how David, a man after God's own heart, he began to say, God, please let me stay around long enough to impact a generation. I pray that this sermon is one of those things that when you leave here today, you're asking God, how do I help me to be a part? Help me. We need volunteers in the, in the nursery. God, I'm, I'm coming. Whatever you want me to do. We need volunteers in youth. Look, we, we, whatever you want me to do. We need people on the greeting team. Maybe you don't have all the teeth you want. That's okay. You're amazing. You look great. We need people to work cameras. We need people to do this. We need people to do that. But if he has not completely raptured your heart, he'll only get pieces of you when it's convenient for you. God is after you. He's after your generation. He's after your generations. He's after the generation after you. He's after your bloodline. Can I tell you something? God is looking to break a years of generational curse with one blessing. Listen to me. He's, li- he's looking to break years and decades of generational curses with one yes from you. My question is, will you tell him yes today? Like, yeah, I know we, we've done this. We ask God re- repentance. You tired of doing that? Are you just, I'm repenting for the same thing? Ask God for, say, no, no, no. God, today I give you a yes. And Here's the thing. God wants to give you a blessing for your entire family, your children, your children's children, your sons, your daughter. You know, sometimes you can be so obedient to God that your obedience will stop your daughter from marrying a knucklehead. Ain't no knuckleheads coming in my house. You hear me? Not because she don't want to bring them, but I'm praying every day, Lord, wherever he is, you keep him covered. You keep him healthy. You keep him whole. You keep his hands out of things that the devil is trying to get him involved in. You keep him sacred. You keep him holy. I pray for a husband that she don't even know. So anybody else, I'm going to be like, yeah, nah, that ain't it. I'm going to say, I know him when I see him. What you do now will stop your kids from doing something dumb later? Your commitment to God right now, forcing them to come to church now will stop you from visiting them in the pen later.
2: Woo! Listen, God
1: is after your whole family. And the key to that, guess who it is? It's you. You are the key to your family. But this is what I believe that God wants to do. If you can close your eyes where you are and just receive this. Because we're going to go into time of worship. Because I believe that God is looking to do business with all of us. But I want to pray this over you before we sing. Just think about the things that I've been said today, the generational anointing, breaking generational curses, coming into alignment with God. How the enemy is coming to literally in the churches across America to to be interwoven and separate the generations by preference and technology and skinny jeans and Jordans and ways of language and and acronyms and all these things. But at the end of the day, God is looking for unity and he's looking for yes from his body. Maybe you recognize these words. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Listen to this. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 It says the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to to you this is the blessing of God that's coming to completely restructure your life and your family may the Lord gracious unto you turn his face toward you and give you peace says may his favor be upon you that's listen to this and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children may his favor be upon you upon a thousand generations church and your family and your children and their children and their children may his presence go before you
2: glory to god
1: and behind you and beside you all around you and within you why he is with you he is with you when is he with you in the morning in the evening, in your coming, in your going, in your weeping and rejoicing, He is for you, He is for you, It's for you, He is for you. It says, Amen, Amen, Amen. Let's open your eyes just for one second. Do you hear the words? Do you receive that blessing over your life? Let's raise your hands all over this room. If you receive those words, We're gonna close this, but we're gonna close it singing that song. It's called The Blessing. And I believe that this is God's prophetic declaration over every life as a believer who says, yes, and a blessing and a curse does not have enough power in itself to come and go fight against the blessing of the eternal God. So when we stand and sing this song, as well, I'm asking you to stand now, all over this room. I'm asking you to be this church now that we spoke about earlier that cannot be contained. That's uncontrolled and unrestrained with your worship. And as we sing this song, those of you who never lifted your hands past the halfway point, I'm challenging you, it's okay up here. If this hurts, go this way. Whatever it takes for you to leave it all on the altar because I always say an altar is fine but fire will never come to an altar with no sacrifice. What are you willing to lay on the altar? Is it the generational curses that you know of? The things that have rid came in your family, the things that your children face, the things that you face but whatever it is today the Lord is going to give us what we need through the prayer of this blessing. So let's start this thing off. Lift your hands as high as you can. I a sweet presence here. Keep those hands up. If you're online, just begin to lift those hands wherever you are because I'm praying that the generational curses be broke and that we're reclaiming your children. We're reclaiming your relationship with your mom. We're reclaiming your relationship with your dad. We're reclaiming your innocence. Even if it was stolen by molestation, I hear the Lord saying this right now, that you have been molested and what God is going to restore to you. That He's going to make you feel like everything that you walk through, there's not going to be disappointment and nothing was ever wasted, but the Spirit of God right now is going to reclaim you. going to rec- claim that innocence and you're going to use that story as a testimony to help other people but i believe right now with our hands lifted that the holy spirit is interested in touching all of our hearts we're going to just take a couple of seconds before we dive into this song Oh yeah, if you have a prayer language just begin to lift it up yeah i sense the holy spirit here oh yeah Come on, let it rise, church. Let it rise, church. Even if you don't have one, let worship rise with an open mouth. Jesus, we love you. There you go. Jesus, we love you. We got a hundred and some people in here. Come on. Jesus, it's a sound like a sound of many waters. Come on, let it rise in this room. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Come on, come on. Oh, come on, let's partner with the heaven. Let's partner with heaven right now. Listen, get get words. Join the 24 elders singing. Holy, 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 holy. If you don't know anything else, He's holy, holy, holy. Listen, if you want to,
2: you don't have to,
1: but He's tapping you on your shoulder now. If you want to enter into this moment of worship, I just want you to flood this altar. Not on your knees, not even, but as a family. Flood this altar and we're going to sing this song together. I want you to move like you've never moved before. I, don't, I want you to move out of a position in your life. Here it is this is the prophetic declaration that he wants you to move from one place i hear you holy spirit to the other i'm declaring right now that if you're stuck in a rut and you believe oh i feel the holy spirit move from where you are and come here right now oh oh holy holy oh come on we're joining in with the elders Of the holy
2: spirit that he himself eternity's past is tapping you on your shoulders and he's saying join in <laughs> will you say
1: no no not right now not right now he's tapping on the shoulder and you say oh no not right now that makes me uncomfortable but will you join in you're here you're jumping into an already existing move of the spirit and just begin to lift up a sound to heaven right now join in holy holy all you young people you just lift your hands as high as you can and you just begin to honor god and you're online begin to join in in this river this river this river of god this is the river of god and just begin to tap into it right now it rise here it is we talked about this we're praying for a move of the spirit but it's already here he's already here he's just waiting to move on you he's tapping you on your shoulders and saying come 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 closer come closer come closer
2: come closer he's beckoning you to a closer encounter with him when you come
1: Oh, even if you can't say nothing but oh come on release a sound in this room, it's right here. I feel the presence of God in this room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Come on, join in with that. Oh, ladies. If you got the microphone, just begin to sing out of sing out of his presence. Sing oh, just begin to declare something in this room. Holy,
2: holy, 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 holy. Wow, the presence of God is here. Holy, holy, holy.
1: Just move so it can be a prophetic sign to the enemy that you're willing to do something different.
0: To the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sherer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7.00 plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.